Oh, I said, welcome to the month of May. Hallelujah. And this month, this month is our prophetic month of sowing. Matthew chapter 126. 126. And I'm not talking only about money. And I'm not talking about sowing, giving money to the church. That's not what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 126, are you there? Verse 5. Sorry. That's in Matthew. Psalms, sorry, I'm very sorry. Psalms 126, verse 5. Share some volume, please, because I am battling some things inside of me. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Verse 6. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seeds for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheath with him. Hallelujah. I don't know what you are believing God for this year. I don't know what you have been praying and hoping to see this year. But I'm going to direct you by the direction of the Holy Spirit to start this month, sow whatever it is. Sow it. You can sow it into the life of somebody. You can sow it into the, into the homeless. You can sow it to poor people. You can sow it to the church. It doesn't matter where you choose to sow it. But this is our month of sowing. Amen. Sow time. Sow love. Sow peace. Sow money. Sow prayer, so intercession. Amen. And I guarantee you, before the end of this year, you will receive your harvest. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said you will receive your harvest. Amen. 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 So this month from today is our month of sowing. You know, sowing is difficult. Sowing is more difficult than harvesting. Some of us, we have to sow forgiveness. And I'm being prophetic now. Some of us, we need to sow forgiveness to some people. I'm not talking about just some, some uh, uh, flimsy thing that happened last week. Or two. No, no, some of us, we, some people have offended us years back, centuries ago. And we need to come to the place where we we'll call them and tell them that you remember what you did to me. I've forgiven you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's painful to sow. So, <laughs> David said that I will not give anything that to God that doesn't cost me. If you're going to sow, you're not sowing it to the person. You're sowing it for yourself. Amen. Amen. So you need to do that which is painful so that you get that which is glorious. If you sow sparingly, you shall reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you shall reap bountifully. Amen. We all know and have areas that we need God's intervention. Now, I'm asking you and I'm challenging you to sow that intervention in somebody's life. Amen. Amen. You are looking for a husband. Organize a husband for somebody. You are looking for a beloved. Organize a beloved for somebody. <laughs> yeah. You are looking for a car. Sow a car into somebody's life. You are believing God for a house. Sow a house. Sow part of a deposit for somebody. Hallelujah. I'm challenging us to do something this month, that will be very painful. Amen. But in that is our liberty. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a prophetic Amen. direction. 
there's a month that we are going to sow. Don't expect any harvest. It's a man that you are the one who is going to be somebody's harvest. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. So somebody sitting by the wayside doesn't know what is going to happen. But you are their harvest. Take them. Take them to the shop. Buy everything from head to toe for, to them. Buy shoes, buy trousers, buy shirt, buy jacket and everything for them. It'll be painful. But it's a prophetic command. So obey it. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Yes. I said, do you believe it? Yes. All right. Oh, the clap, your clap is very, very suspicious. Amen. You are believing God for a large chapel. Go and sow into somebody's chapel. Amen. 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 Okay. We are blessed, aren't we? I said we are blessed, aren't we? Yes. Amen. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. We're going to read from verses 1 all the way to 18. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond Euphrates, Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond Euphrates and led him through Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob, and to Jacob I gave Esau. I assigned the hill country to, of Seir to Esau, but Jacob... He and his family went down to Egypt. I went, I sent Moses, Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did and brought you out. When I brought the, your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea and the Egyptians pursued them with the chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and he brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived, then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived in the east of Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them before you and took, you took the possessions of their land. When Balak, the son of Zippor and the king of Moab prepared to fight against Israel, he sent Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you, but I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you and again and again, and I delivered you out of, the, out of his hand. So it's a whole history lesson, isn't it? Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the citizens of Jericho fought against you. And as did also the Amorites, the Persians, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gagashites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, but I gave them into your hand. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also the Am Amorite king, you, you did not do with, you, you, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities on which you did not build. You lived in them and ate and eat from vineyards and olives, grow, olives groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the God of your ancestors, the God your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. 
it is it was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up, up, up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's say the last line together. Ready, go. We also will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. We too, we have chosen to serve the Lord our God. For he is our God. Amen. I started talking about this in the camp and I want to continue. The wisdom of making right choices. The wisdom of making right choices. How many know that choices have implications? Oh, you're not minding me. Choices have implications. And choices have opportunity costs. Which means that if you choose one thing, Whatever you have chosen is as at the price of what you have forgotten. Do you understand? So there are two beautiful girls. All right. You have beautiful girl number one and beautiful girl number two. If you go for beautiful girl number one, the price of beautiful girl number one is beautiful girl number two you have not chosen. Does that make sense? Uh, I, I remember a brother saying that if only I could take the head of the head and the character and the brains of beautiful girl number one and put it on the body of beautiful girl number two, then I'll be very happy. <laughs> but see, there is nothing like that. You have Either or, are you with me? So choices are, the price of a choice is the one that you are letting go. So when Joshua was saying to the people of Israel that choose you this day whom you will serve, whether you serve the Lord God or the gods of your ancestors. So if you choose the gods of your ancestors, you are the gods of your ancestors, the price is the God Almighty that you are letting go. Are you, are you getting it? And if you choose God Almighty, the price of choosing God Almighty are the things, the, God, the, the price is the things that the gods of the ancestors will give you. You know, I've always struggled to understand why these Israelites always wanted to go and serve the gods of their ancestors, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Gegeshites, the, the, all the ites. I, you know, I didn't understand until I, I did a research. And the research showed that the thing that made them always want to serve the gods, small g, rather than Jehovah God, big G, was because when they are serving or they are worshipping their gods, to worship the gods, first of all, everybody has to be naked. Secondly, everybody sleeps with everybody. So, there's seemingly a lot of enjoyment. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There are temporary, temporal enjoyments and pleasures that you gain when you are serving the little gods. They are only temporal. It is the desire of the flesh that is satisfied at the time. Are you with me? And that is how come anytime Moses turned his back, they were back to 
Anytime Moses turned his back, they were back to. You know, it, it's not because the gods were beautiful. It's not because they were shiny. They were, because we know that they were gold that they had thrown into the, the fire and molded a calf out of it. I mean, I've seen golden ornaments. I've seen, have you seen the golden Buddha? Have you seen those golden? Yeah. You know, anytime I've been to a restaurant like a, and I've seen those type of Buddha with a big stomach sitting there, gold. I, I, I watch it and then I, my mind goes back to Aaron and the Israelites. And I'm like, what is the enjoyment in dancing around this statue sitting there? And then I realized that it's nothing to do with the statue. But what can be done around the statue? And the temporary pleasure that it brings is what they grappled with for 40 years. Is what always brought them back to trying to serve the gods. Amen. And you see, if you just oppose that to our day today, we are also grappling with things that brings temporal pleasure as opposed to God Almighty. You know, we, everybody in their right senses know that to serve God is the best. We know. If we have seen, it has been proved to us that serving God, even if heaven was not promised us for serving God, even if heaven was not promised and there is no afterlife, to serve God is the greatest thing because at least our lives are preserved. You know, I don't know whether it's my age or something, but almost at every juncture, I remember at the age of 30, around the age of 30, a lot of my friends died. And, you know, that this type of mysterious death, you don't understand. Right? You hear this person die, this person die, this person die. And at the age of 50, it's the same. A lot of my friends, just this morning, very close friend of mine, I was told just died. He was just, I mean, he was a very, um, without giving his name away. He was, he was, in a school, he was in. Okay, can, I can give the name of the school. Is his name? No, he was in Augustine's, right? But his closest friends, that is us, were in another school. The school, you know. So he was always in the school rather than that place, and sometimes. And sometimes, you know, he, he was so with us that a lot of people thought he was in our school. He goes to lectures with us. Wow. <laughs> he eats with us. He sleeps with us. Yeah. But you see, sometimes a, a teacher would look at him and say, who are you? What are you doing here? And he was a very rowdy person. I mean, and he was a very, very strong guy. That, I mean... When, when we have a fight, when we have a fight, we put him in front and we are all right. I mean, this guy, once those times, I remember they did a challenge. He carried an engine block and walked. I mean, I'm not kidding you. This is something that, if I mention, those who can trace will know. But this guy, strong as he is, he was not sick. Just this morning, the only thing he didn't do was to serve God. Are you with me? So even that alone, by looking at that, the choice to serve God at least preserves your life. Because I have a lot of friends who have died. And I know their death was as a result of the choices they made and the places they went. I'm sure the older ones amongst us will know what I'm talking about. At a certain age, a lot of your friends die. And I say, uh, Dr. Lamte, is, is it true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh? Yeah. 
if you are younger, you may not appreciate what I'm saying, but it's a, it's a particular year. Then you see a lot of, it's like, I don't know what it is. Your year, they are doing weddings. <laughs> okay. Some, they are seven, they are doing weddings. Others are dying. <laughs> it is not, it's not nice. <laughs> Amen. But I see, it's a good choice to serve God. We all know that. But the expense of that serving the Lord is our flesh. Listen, your flesh is the greatest enemy to your life. The thing that the Israelites Israelites grappled with so much, if you read from Genesis all through, you realize all the time they kept grappling with was their flesh, not the gods. Don't get it twisted. It was not the gods of the Amorites or the Hittites. Those gods didn't mean much. It's the flesh and what the flesh wanted. In our day today, we have the God of money, the God of sex, the God of party, the God of drinking, the God of... But all these gods, Hittites, Jebusites, Gigashites, Amorites, and all that. You see, if I had a time to teach you, I think I've done it in this church before, the ites and what they mean. Each of them meant something. Like Hittite, the Hittite God is a God of fear. It hits you with fear. You see, every God has the good thing that he shows you and he has the things that he hits you with. I don't know whether you are getting. So it will present something very nice to you that will attract you to it. But at the same time, it's going to hit you with something from behind. You see, the world always gives you something that looks nice and pleasant. But behind it is the sorrow that it brings. Hallelujah. So choices are very, very important. Amen. See, what I'm trying to make you understand is that it is not just black and white. Sometimes the choice is between two good things. But what you must understand is that With every choice, there's an opportunity cost behind it. For instance, these two beautiful girls, they are both Christians. They are both good girls. In fact, they are both PKs. They are both pastor's kids. So this is pastor kid number one, pastor kid number two. So really, it looks like same choice. Almost the same. But what you must understand is that there's an opportunity cost. So when you choose this, it's at the cost of this. When you choose this, it's at the cost of that. I don't know whether you're okay. Listen, don't spoil my sermon. I beg you. Today, I am not feeling on top. So please help me. (laughs) So let's go back. We are looking at what Joshua presented. Look at verse 14 with me. So we're going to look about four things that Joshua presented. I'm sure it got lost in the translation. So I'm going to translate it to you for you. All right? And then we'll continue. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served. On the other side. You see, Joshua was presenting two choices. He was saying to them, be spiritual Rather than be carnal. I'm presenting choices number one. It's between being spiritual or being carnal. You know, I know I'm speaking to Christians. 
So when I say being carnal, I'm not talking about going to smoke and snort cocaine and uh, inject heroin. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being spiritual or being carnal, which is using your mind, using your ideas, fighting rather than praying. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So it's not like, because a lot of us, as soon as we hear carnality, we are thinking about sin. No, carnality is not necessarily sin. Carnality is just using your humanness. See, man is a spirit. He has a soul and lives. Where are my two girls? Come, come, my two, two biggest. Okay, so I am man, right? I have a soul, which is the feelings, intellect, emotions, and everything, and I live inside a body, okay? I am a soul. I have a body, and I have a spirit, okay? The spirit here is closer to God. And the flesh here is closer to the world. I want to use the world so that you don't get confused. If I said Satan, then you know, no. <laughs> Are you with me? So, bring your hand. Okay. So, I have a contradiction. When, pull me to your side. You see, you see how the flesh doesn't want to go. The flesh is fighting to move because I'm allowing the spirit to take me closer to God. So it's like we are fasting. So I start fasting. Normally, you don't eat till 6 p.m. and you don't feel hungry anyway. But as soon as you start fasting, see see what the flesh is doing. All of a sudden, it's it's only 9 a.m. The flesh says, I'm hungry. Ah, But normally, I don't even eat. Till 12 to 2 o'clock. Why are you why are you pulling me? Why are you pulling me? It's because you are trying to go to God. And the flesh says no. Are you with me? When the flesh wants to do the things the flesh likes, bad things. The spirit, please do, don't, don't be too. You see, sometimes, sometimes you are you are you are doing something you know is bad. But you see, your spirit inside of you smites you and makes you feel bad within yourself. And you see, sometimes you oh no, you ignore. You see, but the thing with the, with the, with the spirit of God is that when you keep ignoring and ignoring, you get the point, he just leaves. Yeah. Then you see, you are all kind of. All out. Do you get it? Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes when you allow the spirit to pull, 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 you. You see, after point, the flesh has no option but to come along. Are you with me? So, you who could not fast, now you are fasting. You who could not pray for uh, two hours, now you are praying all night. You who could not do uh, a lot of spiritual, now you are at the train station giving flies out, preaching on the street, preaching on the bus. And it's like, before it was not something you would have wanted to do. But because you have allowed the spirit to pull you towards God, now the flesh has no option but to come along. So it's a choice that you have to take between the two, whether to be spiritual or carnal. The choice is yours. Hallelujah. But the choice is an opportunity cost. Are you with me? Sometimes the temporary pleasure is so strong and we allow it to be so strong that it kills the spirit of God in us. Sometimes our, our flesh, the temporary, the pleasure of our flesh is anger. Retribution. I will show you I will do something bad to you. You, you know, and, and see, 
us Christians, we don't, we don't, most of the time, we don't see that as the flesh. We don't see that certain actions is what we are allowing our flesh to do. And that is killing the spirit of God in us. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Because if I said smoking, drugs, and all that, you, have, you won't even connect that to flesh. Are you with me? But anything that is carnal can be fleshy. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of Christians are very, very stingy. We are very, very carnal in that department. You, you, you know, you know, it's like, like somebody asks you something. You know you have it. You know you can give. But, but it's like, oh, so I'm sorry. My sugar is left to one bag. Unbelievers are kinder. Are more kind than us. See, only three people clap because it affects the rest of us. Hallelujah. We, we, we are. Please don't spoil my message. Let me preach. Choice can also be looked in terms of prioritization. Choice doesn't necessarily mean that you have chosen bad and from good. But sometimes the fact that you put certain things as your preferential choice, your, your, your priority to do before others means that you have chosen carnality. Yeah. Like you choose to eat before praying. It means that you enjoy eating rather than praying. <laughs> so I say, mm. <laughs> now I've entered your bedroom. I am in your bedroom now. I said I am in your bedroom. <laughs> hey, don't call your husband, please. I don't want problems. <laughs> Why are you calling your husband here? <laughs> I don't have problems, I beg you. What, what do you want him to Sometimes we would rather take an extra shift to get money, to buy a shoe, a bag, a dress. Than be in the house of God, or go and go and save souls, or go and visit somebody. <laughs> you see, I, you I know you very well. When a thing hits you, then you go. <laughs> when it's hitting somebody, say, "Hey, Ochia, say it is hitting me." <laughs> <laughs> this one, it is a sausage. You better eat it. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, Set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now you're going to, we are looking at how we are carnal. See, when our first thought or things that we comes into our head, that we, we uh, internalize is carnal things, we are not spiritual. Those who are carnal set their minds on carnal things. See, you are your best judge. Bible says that judge yourself and you will not be judged. So as I'm talking, don't think, don't say you are preaching to them. I'm not preaching, I'm preaching to you now. And I'm preaching to me now. 
Uh, you people, yeah, some I know you too. Uh, where the things hit you? <laughs> I know I am in your bedroom now. <laughs> where are going? Hey, then you know I have, I've gone to the neighbor's house. This one I'm right in your room. Have you realized that most of us we don't real, we don't think about thousand souls until we get to the foyer. That's when thousand souls come into our heads. Otherwise, it's all about me, 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 me. Flesh, flesh, flesh. What you want, what you want, what you want. It is not a spiritual thing you are looking for. Your mind is on other things, carnal things. Hallelujah. It's a choice. I said it's a choice. If you choose this, it means you are letting go of that. You see, what we do as Christians is that we appease our conscience. The reality is that we have chosen carnality. But we come to church, you know, on Wednesday, on Sunday, so that our mind is at rest that we are spiritual. But the truth of it is that we are not. Come on, preach, Christopher. Just preach. They are not saying amen right now, but preach. He said, those that live in the flesh, they set their minds on flesh. Don't tell me you live in the spirit when everything you are thinking about is fleshy things. How many of us Make it our burden and our priority to see thousands souls saved. If I could get 10 people, 12 people to think spiritually, this place would be too small for us. That's the truth. If I could get just 12 people to think, wake up thinking about souls, go to bed thinking about souls, Praying for souls, looking for souls, inviting souls, cementing souls, winning souls. Our problem will be where to put them. At the minute, we are trying to space out so that we don't feel guilty. Uh, Do you know that all this way from here, all the way around their chairs, there's enough space for for 1,000 people in in this building. But because of our laziness, we have closed it. And we have, do you know we have more than three, four hundred chairs in the basement that we have hidden it. And we put a few chairs out so that we don't feel guilty. Preach, Pastor, preach. Hey, now I'm saying my own head. I'm preaching my, <laughs> you won't say it, I'll say it. verse 6 then he goes on to say but for to be carnally minded is death and spiritually minded is life and peace you see carnal mind leads to death see sometimes sometimes we are dead but we are still walking You are dead, but you are still walking. It, it, it means that you have become so flesh-oriented that your spirit is dead. So now you are not guilty anymore. So that when you don't even come to church, it doesn't prick you anymore. When you don't, you don't pray, it doesn't. When you are sinning, it doesn't. You don't have any conscience. You are, you are just. You are just. Your conscience seared. It means you are dead. Amen. Souls, whether people go to hell or the, it doesn't bother you. And we have Christians who are in that place as I'm preaching now in this room. Hallelujah. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God. Did you see the the way the carnal, as soon as we said we are fasting, you saw how the carnal just, when I'm not fasting, I'm okay. I don't smell. Me, I don't like 
McDonald's. It doesn't. When people go and buy McDonald's and they are eating at their table, it doesn't bother me. But you see, when you start to, the day you decide I'm fasting, especially the first day, me, my problem is not the 10th day, the 12th day, the, no, 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 no. My, me, my problem is always the first day, the afternoon of the first day. And there are some three demons in my workplace. There are three of them. And I know them. I know them. Three demons. The day I will decide, okay, I am fasting today. Fasting for the next seven days. No food, nothing for seven days. As soon as the day I decide, that's the day the three of them decide. And they will buy one extra for me. They normally don't buy anything for me. But the day I start the fast, that is the day. And then when they buy it, they will leave you on my my table. Then after every five minutes, why are you not eating? Why are you not eating? Why are you not eating? eating? I remember once one broke and said, here, here, here. (laughs) So, so I know them. There are three of them in my workplace. From where is coming? Any time I start to fast, those three will show up. Yeah. One day I decided to fast. That was the day one decided was their birthday, and they were taking us. They were taking us to uh, what's it called? Uh, we have, we have a, a place. You know, Fazenda. There's. There is a place at my workplace. It's I work in Bansley. There's a place in Bansley that's like Fasenda. It has everything. And and they were like, if I don't go, it means I have something against her. I said, ah, she's my friend. They forced me. I said, okay, I'm going. I went. I sat down. Said I only drink water. They did and did, and it's like it was. The, it came so much that I got up and left. It was like now everybody who came, it was. You see, so, sometimes it's not. Uh, you see, th- this this fasting is not a fast. It's not a church fasting. Do you understand? It's my personal fasting. So if if I break it, I am not under any law where you are concerned or you are concerned or, concerned or the church is concerned. It's just me. I've decided. I decided that I'm fasting today. But just then, then three demons show up. Because there's an enemy. And the enemy knows that as soon as you enter the spirit, you are going to cause trouble. So they have to find a way to attack the flesh. And they know that I have a weakness for meat. It's not the people who know. It's not the people who know. The enemy inside of them is the one that I'm talking. Because I don't eat. Really, I work, I don't eat. Most of the time, I eat uh, plum tomatoes or grapes. That's what the, anybody who has sees me eating. But these people, how they knew that fazenda and meat. My birthday, that's what they gave me. They gave me free ticket to Fazenda. Eat as much as you want. <laughs> mm. All right. Because the canon mind is enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Nor indeed can be. Number eight. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. See, you see that the, the, dif- the difficulty in this. Anytime you are in the flesh, you are not pleasing God. You can come to church every time and go, come and go, and come and go. And, but you are not pleasing God because you are carnal. You are in the flesh. Manipulating. Deceiving. Lying. Organizing. Cajoling. And all those type of, they are all fleshy things. 
fighting, anger, annoyance, all those things. Don't please God. Number nine. But those, but you are not of the flesh, but in, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Go on, go on, quick, quick, quick. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life or give life to your mortal body through the spirit which dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, nor according to the flesh. You should not be in debt to your flesh. You must not listen to your flesh all the time. You must not allow the flesh to detect. Sometimes you might decide that, okay, this is the, the real, the, the, the fleshy me would do this, but today I choose to do that. In this particular issue, the fleshy me will come out, hey, you start fighting, but today I decide to, I'm going to fast and pray. And you see, let me show you how to really get, get over your flesh. To get over your flesh is to make a decision against your flesh all the time. To do hard and difficult things. You know, like, I'm shy. Have you seen these five guys sitting? I'm going to preach to them. You do that two, three times. The flesh is defeated. I'm going to fast. So I decide I'm going to fast two days. And at the end of the second day, I'm, I'm finishing at six o'clock. I decide I'm fasting for two more days. Hey, the flesh is the flesh is hey, <laughs> what is this that you are doing? But the more you do that, the more you do that, the more you overcome the flesh. Because the flesh is an enemy. The flesh likes to sleep. The flesh likes to eat. The flesh likes to drink. The flesh likes pleasure. The flesh is lazy. The flesh likes to do bad things. We are not debtors to the flesh. We are debtors to the spirit of God. We are debtors to the word of God. What's that the word of God say? For you to do in this, in this particular juncture. Let's do that. Rather than what the flesh is saying. Amen. Amen. Verse 13. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you would live. Amen. See, this, that's what I was saying. Put to death the deeds of the body. The, the deeds of the body is wait. Okay, see, two days. Eh? So you have agreed two days. Okay. Okay. Fine. I'm okay. I'll wait. So the body's waited. You know, I, I was told something. When you are fasting and you are doing exercise, you decide that you are going to do exercise. When you're doing exercise without fasting, the body uses the food you are eating to burn so that you lose, you lose that food you are eating. But your fat is the same. But when you decide that you are fasting and so no food is coming in, and you do exercise, then the body has to go to the fat bank and take some fat, deposit, and burn whilst you are doing the exercise, whilst you are doing. But the body has an agreement with your mind and your consciousness that you're only fasting for two days. So it knows, okay, I'm going to collect the fat day one as you are exercising. Now go and collect fat again day two. When you extend it beyond your consciousness, Immediately, the body say, "Hey, what? What is going on here? I thought we agreed on two days. I thought we have agreed on two days. 
What is this that you are trying to do? The, 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 the body stops going to the fat bank. He says that, no, this one, no. So you see, you do doing something, and the body will be doing it. <laughs> As you are doing the body says, no, 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 no. But you see, if you push through it, it has no option but to go. At the point the body forgets or abandons the agreement. Because two days it went. You said another two more days. I give you two more days. Now you've gone. Now you say five. Now I don't even know whether it's five, six days. Whatever you want to do, just do it. That is how you put to death the deeds of the body. Hallelujah. Number 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You see, being a son of God, a child of God, is not your saying. Let us see it in the third person leading you. Some of us, we are led by our flesh. Some are led by our emotions, the soul. Some are led by people who to look at that, what people think, people's opinion is what leads us. But today, Joshua is saying, choose. If God is God, then serve him. If your flesh is God, then serve your flesh. Hallelujah. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think this will be enough for today, isn't it? I have, I have, um, I have 14, 14 selves in the small passage read. We have just looked at one. So we'll continue next week.